and welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Foundation. We are caught up. Uh, this is Season 1, Episode 3, The Mathematician's Ghost, written by Olivia Purnell, directed by Alex Grave. Graves. I gave this episode an 8.9 out of 10. A little jarring, the fact that we left off on this huge kind of cliffhanger. And then we got nothing. Like we just skipped ahead some 38 fucking years. And I, I gotta admit, I was getting some whiplash with the time jumps. I'm all about <laughs> going all in on making a show interesting, spanning an idea of a thousand years. But I thought we would spend some time in a timeline <laughs> not jumping all over the damn place so that's going to be another thing on top of some rather philosophical deep meaning storytelling which as i stated earlier at least i think i did maybe it was offline that i really enjoy however like mimi was a. Uh, sent a a text to me or not a text but a tweet and she said you know am i gonna understand the show a lot better after i get into the third episode and i'm like no no you will not which as i was stating previously you know giving your audience homework can be a catch-22 depending on how dedicated said audience member is on keeping with it and yeah it reminds me a lot of westworld it was critically acclaimed however it had a very small audience and the reason for that is that it got a little bit smarter than its own viewership and that's just what television is or can be especially with a lot of big idea shows like this just takes a lot more time and people are unfortunately impatient but i still really enjoy it but i can see what the trepidations are and they're not completely on just a viewership expectation it is in a sense loving all the things i do about it a little disjointed kind of fumbles just a bit on making sure the audience is along for the ride and not just you know flapping in the wind (laughs) trying to hold on and hopefully they don't let go i forgot to mention last episode that ray stole something metal from behind harry's ear and that the pod already had been ready i didn't notice that um so that means that the plan because I'm thinking they're going to set her up as something. I don't know. But it didn't make sense to me. And I had done that review right after I watched the episode. So I, that's why it was a whole bunch of just uh, questions and suppositions. Because I couldn't process what was happening. But if that pod was ready for him to escape, then likely that was the plan. He's going to kill uh, Harry. They conspired to do it. And then she would have been left behind, but she would have been the next, like she's Harry, but not Harry because she can 
give that emotional part to the understanding but i think that she startled the whole situation and that's what he did he sacrificed his life for her so that she would get away because she was then implicated in harry's death so uh i thought that was very interesting making the story all the more tragic but then we kind of left it leisurely and it only makes sense if our character salvor is their kid if that's not the case then what was the spectacle of the romance plus it, it gives a little bit more context to what harry was saying like i never expected to be here Rache kind of not expecting to be here or around for much longer uh, then they're both you know jealous of she made that comment you're jealous of me spending time with him and vice versa like they ended up falling in love with her in two different ways him like an actual person that understands him because <laughs> it must be lonely for him as well with all that math and she being the only other person to understand that and then they're ripped away from each other and then Rache ended up me meaning more to her and vice versa so it's a great origin story to the story of if we're following their child in Salvor as she is the first of the many crises that are going to come to the foundation like the first true leader that steps up and that's who she mentioned Salvor the mule and uh what was the other one i don't remember <laughs> it's been a while so this is the most intriguing show even if it is a bit of a complex puzzle on tv right now that i enjoy coming to why the last man is another show that in the center every week i'm like oh yeah let's get back into that so it kind of took over my life this week because i really needed things that were just going to make me really want to delve into them and discuss so unfortunately some other podcasts did not get done this week but they'll be on the schedule for next week i call those the no rush podcast one show i've already actually fucking seen <laughs> so getting into this episode we start with gail's voiceover and i guess is that all she's going to be the rest of the season because i'm really sad a because i didn't even take it in that jared harris is gone like what the fuck first two episodes jared harris is that all i get out of him out of these 10 episodes i'm be saltine and crackers i've also not read the books i'm not trying to read the books at this time i will read foundation after this first season but other than listening to the official apple podcast foundation podcast i said the same word twice that's all i have to these worlds and they don't spoil anything so i if i get things really terribly wrong i am just not basing it off of any knowledge so don't drag me if i don't know i don't know what the fuck that thing is behind his ear and what that was supposed to mean did he put it in did he put it on the knife and then gave it to her because i didn't see what he did with that what was he going to do with that um and i still don't understand why he would throw the knife in with her what was the point 
So, her voiceover just reminded me of the fact that we might not see her the rest of the season. I'm be saltine. That every world has ghosts and every house is haunted by them, especially the palace of the empire. We go 400 years ago. Imrazel approaches Cleon, the man who lives on in his clones. Kind of the construct of the man, though different experiences. Who is now an old man, jealous of the attention she spends away from him. Cleon has tasked uh, her demoiselle with everything that the empire will become after he is gone but he worries about how the empire would treat her seeing as his kind has enacted genocide of her species they keep referencing this robot war but there seems to be a mutual respect here and dare say affection as he knows she will never understand the sorrow of death even though she herself knowing that she herself one day will die but she won't have the same feeling as if it's too soon if it's come too soon because a she gets to live a lot longer and it is normal to feel a certain regret of all that you cannot continue to do and build which of course leads to the whole idea of his ego maniacal idea of recreating himself through time but ultimately it is not you and i think that he's coming to that realization even as he's putting his plan into motion and it's not the way that demoiselle through time continues to live but remain true and this idea that she remembers each and every one of him in every incarnation that he can become all of those carnations incarnations i believe which may lead to what we end their scene as uh it's eventually you either what's the the line you either live you live long live long enough to see yourself become the villain so this idea that he is the same person through time teaching himself to be himself for the consistency of a legacy that in itself should be more fluid which is becoming it appears but once it occurs then what the collapse of said empire is there maybe a benefit to what the cloning was supposed to be about despite how unnatural it might be or how problematic it might be because in their eyes hey this shit worked for a really long time <laughs> like how can you dispute the math the generational um success of this one empire this one genetic person versus the idea that well the irony i think is going to be that the person that built it is going to be the same person that destroys it moving on because i can get bogged down in a lot of rabbit holes in this show and i think that that's its benefit the Starbridge isn't completed yet and he believes he should be the one that lavishes in their own achievements that he says are theirs the classic anger at death as if it's an unfair exchange for life instead of what makes life worthy 
which is why living forever isn't ideal for humanity going back to that earlier horribly botched statement or quote interesting demerzel has been living and loving the faint image of the man that she created all of this with and keeps playing out that that loss of life which ponders the question and i'm glad they answered it later on like how close is this relationship and it seems to be both a maternal and sisterly bond 400 years later dusk is well it's not dusk he's darkness now he's asking if demrazel thinks of cleon when he is watching the man and well she's watching him immortalized is that his actual corpse immortalized like that like what that's a lot yeah this pretty much is a, a poisonous stew that eventually <laughs> is going to boil over in the pot this is almost like why artificial life shouldn't create life because it's not natural and the more unnatural it becomes the more you can eventually produce something that reflects its um it's uh what do you want to call it how against nature it really is no matter how much she's trying to nurture the fuck out of it <laughs> uh this is also 19 years after the Starbridge. what what the fuck she keeps saying that cleon is always on her mind and it's creepy because i'm like but you're cleon you're the clone of cleon they just call you cleon the 14th that's how, that's your real name then they give you the fake names of the times in which you are <laughs> the dawn you're born day you know you get to rule over everything the empire itself dusk dusk you're retired and darkness where that's where you're about to go into really morbid shit right here that i once again think that only someone with ai type of personality would think this is all gonna work out in the end <laughs> but not ai i say that as a joke ish because people seem to support it but as i mentioned i think in the last podcast a lot of people are a lot, uh, will definitely trade their freedom for the protection of said empire but something else i heard on the actual apple tv podcast was that the empire has a technological advantage and i guess i didn't really pay attention to that that there's probably a reason why you're the empire and if you can subdue everyone else that means you got the biggest cojones which also is that idea of yeah we're not going we're the biggest thing on the planet it's laughable that anyone thinks that they can destroy this look at all we have done we've conquered the universe essentially to the point that we can make anyone we want to submit even our enemies are are they're kind of like america in this way you know oh we're gonna make you guys come you hate each other but we're gonna force you to our place to talk peace talks why because we have more shit than you do militarily so you're going to 
give me what I want, and then I'm going to <laughs> use that advantage to also broker what you two are going to get. There is a little bit of irony here, as Darkness, ironically, unlike Leon, was there at the destruction of the Star Bridge versus him at the beginning of the building of said Star Bridge, and now seems obsessed over its platform. It's his last day of living, and she tells him to spend it as he wishes, as each of him is unique. But he doubts that as the feeling of being in the shadow of another man really hits at that moment where they may have done or could have done more. She recalls Cleon only had an infant son when he made his, you know, walk into the darkness. But at least he has his brothers. But he remarks that Cleon also had her. Jackie, I'm jealous of you. I wonder if Demerizel wants to be human so that she can have a true death. Because unfortunately, whom she loves keeps dying and leaving her, as she mentions a little bit later. And she doesn't get that type of peace. She sends him to Ian to get fitted for his last outfit. And the way in which the servant feared rep retribution for the man shrinking in his own garment is a tough legacy to stare into. But he's outgrown his worst self as we sometimes do as we age though it's taken him longer to evolve maybe because of his influence when he's younger and much older he's constantly influencing himself darkness is joined by dusk which is the younger version of day in the first two episodes he worries about darkness, Anacreon, and Thespis, if it'll be mentioned when I'm gone. The previous generation influencing the next generation. Like, you even see him blow it off when Day comes into the room, which was the previous dawn. And I think I get the competing legacies and the desire to be something more than just the legacy of Cleon the First previous day now dusk is kind of like uh the empire is safe he's like i'm not about to waste my breath on shit that i know that i'm not gonna listen to because i know who i am and talks about possibly salvaging the legacy of cleon the first with the wreckage as he encourages them that the starbridge that the starbridge is something to be retained but it seems as if especially at the end of this episode um Cleon is getting further and further away from the man, the great man that he is, and he's devolving into lesser versions of himself. I also love when the actors mimic each other's gestures. And you understand that a little bit more when you walk through the halls of all that came before the dreamer, the alchemist, the scholar. Just another trophy room of the man's accomplishments but they're also forgotten and then he says himself and i think it said the painter <laughs> like he's obsessed with the muriel so that is his legacy and you can tell there's a, a a discontent with that and so he's trying to regain what was before but his brothers are really they're ready to move on 
they're ready to move past who he was before because they're trying to make their own mark on that legacy they're more and more creating that individualism i think is interesting despite influence each other and how like you can put these variables out there and eventually you're going to come up with a dud and not even a dud you're going to come up with a <laughs> a version that doesn't play out in the positive way in which everything else played out before it and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we finally meet leon the 14th uh Demerzel tells him his brothers have a last gift which he assumes is a meal but they take him up to see the wreckage of the star bridge and he says he was magnificent meaning the first man and commit to building something better for him in his name as dim Rizal gets emotional especially when they blow it up this is the end beautiful friend This is the end. My own. Interesting choice to do so. It's almost as if they're distancing themselves. They're automatically trying to outdo because you don't have time, but you do have time because you're creating, you're building off of what you already did. But despite what it once was, when you go to that trophy room or at the end of your life you're realizing holy shit <laughs> you know or, or maybe some of them i bet not all but some of them may have made their way just like wait a minute this actually isn't the best like i have to reckon with those decisions and looking back at those decisions like oh he wakes and follows Demerzel singing to an infant and despite it being against the rules uh, he knows he can't be the first one that wanted to see their self or the younger self being born into this world as you're about to leave said world. He also says no wonder the Empire loves you as he never heard that song before and yet it's something imprinted on each of on each and every one of the clones. And that is factual. She's the constant in the constellation. Uh, he confirms, you know, that is rather, you know, despite what Harry predicted or if he was wrong, it is unnatural to watch yourself be born like this. You forget the lessons of the past when you yourself are the narrator. Instead of rest, he decides to work on the Muriel until the end, living up his to his legacy of being the painter but he's he's uh he's rather what's the word um dissatisfied with that whereas you don't want or the other dust doesn't want his legacy to be erased as the guy that um like of course he's probably gonna put up on his muriel <laughs> the revenger or avenger because Look, I got rid of the threat of the outer planets. And I got rid of the Selden problem. And nothing collapsed under my watch. So, of course, to uphold his legacy, the next generation is rather stunted on what the real issues are. And then eventually... But you would think Demerzel would be involved in teaching them to not make the same choices. 
I don't know. I'm still, I'm sure we'll get more. Speaking of her, she puts him to bed and thankfully clarified the relationship that she's family. And he wonders if they are enough since he saw that she was sad when they went up and saw the star bridge. She's only sad, she replies, as they always leave her. What could and does that type of trauma do to a higher intelligence? The next morning in the same fucking outfit as Cleon the first died in is welcomed by his brothers the now brother dawn that's brother day validates him says you're everything that we had hoped and wanted you to be he gets to hold the new um (laughs) dawn and is led into the darkness he's named after he kept looking at that baby though and it felt as if now this is my weird conspiracy theory that Demerzel could easily fuck with this life cycle anytime that she wants to mess with it it seems she's been highly in charge of it (laughs) and she could get all this trauma happening to her and get self-destructive like fuck it all we're going down with this shit it needs to end and this is she could tweak with some shit to make sure it ends but it feels more poetic if it the concept of it ends itself as Harry kind of predicted. Like, you got to stop doing this shit. Because <laughs> if you do, it's going to destroy you. So it being one of the clones makes a lot more poetic sense. Why does darkness need to be disintegrated? He couldn't take a glass of water. <laughs> I get the symbolism, especially christening the new baby. Why was that baby crying? Is it wrong? Because darkness said something wrong about it. Like, uh-uh, that's not okay. And then she had to put her hand. Maybe he just didn't want to leave while he's still there. Yeah, that, it, 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 maybe he's just mentally fucked. Because I know I would be. But she starts singing, leads him to the light, or guides him to the light. And then they really put that, put the mashes on the baby. It's also really weird that New Day is more of a father, but also a brother to the newborn child of himself. It's all very confusing. And then they go 17 years later. What the hell? Demerzel is looking rather worried that Cleon the 14th is erasing the Mirio because he's outgrown it. He's taken away the legacy that came before him. So then I was thinking, okay, maybe he was like, that ain't me. That's not, like, what did you mix in that baby? (laughs) That's just wild speculation. I don't have any facts to back that up. But Gail says to be alive is to know ghosts. We are haunted by prophets and we ignore the dead at our peril. I think that's very true, especially another line that comes up this episode about repeating mistakes. At this time, after another generation of Cleons, Terminus is finally settled by the colonists. And I was like, damn, we have no idea what happened to Gail. Though we know she lived. Or Raish. Well, Gail lives, apparently, after a lot of the shit already goes down. Then there's Raish, though he wasn't on the ship that landed where everyone else did. Where Harry wanted them to, as well. 
as the voiceover also explains that everything about the expedition was predetermined and this is also where the vault just happened to be The way Harry mapped out Terminus, that how everyone said this wasn't on the Surveyor map, I don't know what that means, but I'm sure we're going to find out. That's like the mystery of the season. <laughs> we see a lot of familiar faces, including Abbas, who is now romantically involved with Mari. We did see Lowry unclear on what happened to her pregnancy. They approach the vault and promptly pass out that first group with Lewis. Despite the speculation of what this vault is, they pretty much just keep away from it. They took the spare parts from the dropship to build the little town. I thought that was a smart idea. I like watching how it cropped up. Sauber is Abbas. Is it Abbas or Abbas? Abbas and Mari's daughter, which I was like, there goes my theory. But then they show... But they show that I got for a fucking reason going into the sperm bank. And as a child, she is an outsider and they're calling her an outlier, which I will get back to in a minute. But she is fascinated by the vault at a young age, but she's not very good in school. She's a difficult child, a thinker, a dreamer, not a conformist in the here and the now which God only knows when that is, I guess the 19 years after the footstep, whatever. Currently, Salvor is testing the perimeter of the null field around the vault. She has determined that it is expanding, which I don't know what that necessarily means. Warden is what Abbas or Abbas was before his daughter took the role. He meets up with her. She tells dad about the null field and that she has evidence. He tells her she needs to know before giving her a hug. She, it turns out, is her mother, Mari, who teaches at the school. They have erected a statue in Harry's honor. She has an interesting debate over what kind of things the foundation will be choosing to preserve because they don't really know what future that they're choosing for or what the future is going to be like they're kind of <laughs> this is rather a lot it is very perpendicular with religion the way in which they're preparing for something that they don't necessarily understand they just have a belief and they are pretty much living at the tips of what harry is forecasting but kind of what Savar says a little bit later, you still have to think for yourselves. You're still individuals. All I can predict is a group of people and their reactions and how we continue. I think uh, Gail's is a better line in this episode, so I'll wait for that to prove the point in which I'm trying to make. But I think it's interesting that Mari is a true believer, but Salvar is not. She does end up showing her that the Nullfield is expanding and showing her as much. Salvar is concerned they might need to evacuate the town. 
she tells her Mari that Tyra was always special and at four years old they found her tucked underneath the vault with her thinking the vault was calling her name and that she saw the ghost she always says people treated her different Savor. and i'm thinking immediately maybe they wanted to destroy the zygote of the killer but chose to preserve it or the killers quote unquote but never tell her where she came from my guess is a lot of babies didn't make it a lot of frozen eggs embryos i don't know you're just not going to convince me otherwise <laughs> with this whole i sense things and now i'm special mari tells her to make her case as salver thinks this crisis that they are preparing for is here and now even if she doesn't believe in the whole harry selden and, and understand it all it's like well whatever it is you still need protecting as the vault seems to be waking up the children which we haven't seen in a while i like the little kids um Kier and gia forgot the other boy's name i'll remember them all uh, they celebrate hugo's landing he gives them chocolate but they want beer oh my god <laughs> apparently in england you could drink beer at a ridiculously young age like 12 10 like your parents are not beer snobs <laughs> we're like 21 they're like ah. they can literally have it at dinner out with their parents crazy sour comes home to him cooking before he shows her where he's been with full details of places she will never go i like their little dynamic i like that it's not a hollywood looking couple then they get to doing it She wakes in the middle of the night to a feeling then decides to walk the perimeter telling him not to join her because he is not to wear his pants for 25 hours because he's gonna be there for 29. she sees a kid with a knife running who's this kid is it a figment of her imagination is it the ghost whoever he is she chases him into the wreckage of the strip ship i believe but only finds a bear's claw which is one of the native animals she does not shoot the animal which is very kind of her considering it gets two arrows later on however when she, she uh looks up she spots an anacreon ship they go warn the council who seems rather blase about the fact that three gunships are ignoring friendly hails <laughs> and we have one of the biggest and hardest harry supporters lewis who has gotten much older uh, being the voice of the council not too concerned hugo we find out is thespian who was off world since the bombings making him 70 years old but because he was cryo sleeping between ports he looks so much younger so lord knows how old gail will be at the end of floating in space for however fucking long Salver thinks the vault was trying to warn of this, but Lewis once again brings up her status as an outlier, which would why would be the point of making uh making her stand out as someone that they don't listen to? As if she's the black sheep of the whole entire settlement. There's a purpose for that, and I think it has more to do with you're just different. Who cares if you're just different? <laughs> I, I feel like it's 
no your blood is bad something about her and i saw the parents exchange a look why aren't they standing up for their daughter more you ain't gonna tell me my daughter's like a uk she can't speak she's an outlier excuse me bitch i'm part of this cult too (laughs) but if you are the daughter of the murder of your illustrious leader well then yes they could have made up whatever story about gail and raish long after demonizing long after that the funeral because they do mention the funeral of harry lewis thinks that anacreon has a bone to pick with the empire so it's rational they would attack or not lewis who was it someone else it wasn't lewis because he was like well we'll just call the empire because we're protected by the empire and i'm like when has the empire checked in on y'all you think this is imperial property but you're exiled at the ends of the earth do you really think that they're interested in protecting you you're no longer a threat and if the if the eye goes back on you why do you for some reason think that (laughs) considering how you got to this place in the first place that you're you're really a top priority i don't know so lewis is like i'm going to throw a hail mary to communicating with the empire so i was like i'm i would rather go see what violence the armory can muster while waiting for that response when are you going to think for yourselves i think that's a very important question anyone should ask even if you think that you're following something that makes sense you need to have independent thought how you also convince a generation to follow what you believe that's something i don't think that the they're trying to with the reinforcement of the next generation but everyone's not going to fall in line and that's actually a good thing because you need so you need differing opinions you need different people seeing different ways out of a problem to actually build progress everyone doing the exact same thing or thinking the exact same way you know that is not going to lead to any i mean that's what shit on america all you want and i do quite frequently is one of its saving graces is it's willing to bend its own rules or its own ideas or compromise them for progress (laughs) well you was a nazi ah fuck it come work in the nasa station don't worry about it come work in the government come come help build our war tanks and shit but all those different ideas and opinions only create success so there is benefit to it they can't contact the empire seeing as the comms are down with 40 hours before anacron forces land i like the way she looked at him like oh this coincidence like oh yeah they they jammed our comms motherfucker myra has harry's cube and shows it to salvor why would you do that ma'am why would you think she would somehow connect with it just because she's her explaining only two people in the world could comprehend it and if she understands once again it's the audience it's either the show fucking with me or i'm right she tells her she could believe her if it were part of the plan bitch how about evidence look up at the sky <laughs> we're telling you <laughs> what 
the story is just because you don't need to go check with the crystal ball to make sure it's part of the plan it's like you don't know the plan is abstract you know it's abstract you admit it's abstract five minutes ago so why do you think that you need a sign just to follow logical thought different is not the same as special she tells her when you know although she's fascinated by the plan she don't know what the fuck that is sour tells hugo to leave since apparently thespians and anacreans are still mortal enemies he won't leave her and she won't come away with him despite it not being her fight of harry's foundation she does care about protecting the people as they're her people sometimes that's uh the only reason you need to do a good right thing is it's the right thing gail mentions how harry was feared because they thought he could forecast the future but all he was doing was re-examining the past because yep there is that human pattern so that's the statement i was talking about before Saber once again is awoken and she chases that same boy finds two arrows in the bear's call mabel she is then surrounded by anacreans who are hungry and want what is theirs according to gail's uh read voiceover they didn't kill her right away so that is a sign that they aren't coming to annihilate them but what do they want why are they here and maybe what they're doing here is because he fucked up those worlds and only and after time that stuff is not going to get better it's only going to get worse so <laughs> maybe those previous generations were able to you know push it off but if you grow up in the rubble of that type of destruction yeah you're gonna start feeling some type of resentment to the empire for all that you've lost while everyone else is still dealing with the shock of it and trying to survive afterwards but maybe because they can no longer survive on their worlds they're looking for somewhere else to place them roots and that's pretty much what happened to the barbarians uh you know if you go back because i they say that this was kind of based on the roman time and i can see that uh and that's exactly how like the roman empire didn't think i mean they ruled for so very fucking long and they never thought they were the most undefeated army in the world they had every reason to feel like they had the biggest dick in the galaxy for better or worse they made their impact in the world but then there were the people that were starving and didn't have bread to eat or places to call their own because the romans took that away from them they destroyed their homes and they were left to basically when you don't have anything else to lose you just take whatever you need to survive and i wonder if that's where this story is going to start to pick up or make its way here but then it's going to expand further to that continuous ending of the empire it's all going to be battering at them and then their reaction and then that reaction it's just it's the same old story again and again and if you've ever saw or watched a show called the collapse of empires because <laughs> they do they stay around for a long time it's why american americans are so very 
babies in our whole you know we're the best we're you know we're, we're geographically pretty well suited to tell a lot of people to fuck off and then we bought a lot of other stuff while other you know empires were suffering fighting each other we didn't have those same problems so we were able to do things that other people in other places still can't do because of that internal conflict because of that outside conflict i think that goes back to their technological advantage um the empire has but the minute any of those factors change but when any of those factors change or the status quo becomes imbalanced i.e the french fucking revolution then you got a major problem on your hands and i think that the empire is not going to be prepared or have the wisdom to deal with these issues and i think demrazel is going to have a tragic story herself because she's going to witness the best of the man and probably the worst of the man that's my prediction for this episode no feedback this week hopefully we'll get because i know shy is almost caught up and i believe mimi too but she's got some other things on her plate but if you want to join the conversation blackrockouch.gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and black on magic